Well, hello. Uh, let me add Cameron's welcome to you all. It's great to see uh, many people here today, and uh, we're here to uh, just reflect on the passage that's been read to us and continue our sermon series on growing a healthy church. Um, just a warning, here is a dad joke. Uh, what do you call a man who has no shin? No shin. Tony. The church is described as a body. That's my segue. The church is described as a body rather than a machine and not a business. It's not a retail shop. The church has a head, and that is not Simon Twist. It's Jesus Christ is our head. Uh, the body, the church has a head, and then it has the body, and we are the body, uh, each of us. We make up the body of Christ with its many parts. Uh, Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at that together today. 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, Colossians 1. And Colossians 3, the New Testament keeps on using that analogy again and again and again to describe the church. Not a business, not a retail shop, not a car. Uh, it's a body. It's an organism. Let me read to you one of those references, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 18 to 20. Yes. Uh, Colossians 1, verse 18. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. So there's that metaphor given to us. He's the beginning, Jesus is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything we might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. One Corinthians, uh, sorry, Colossians 1, 18 to 20, has a description of Jesus being the head of the church, and the reason he is the head of the church is because he created the church. It was he who was risen from the dead. He laid down his life at the cross to pay for the sins uh, of the world. Those who would come to Jesus, receive him, become part of his body, as he was the firstborn from among the dead, and that we would follow him. We go where the head went. You see, uh, and the, his agenda is to reconcile humanity to God, but he does that by bringing forth the church, by, by bringing, giving the church birth. The church comes into being because God made it so. Yeah, the church is not an accident or a terrible idea that gets in the way of God. Yeah, um, time and time again, we get the reputation of being an obstacle to real authentic relationship to God rather than actually being the way that God intends us to worship. What, how does God intend us to worship? He intends us to worship in truth and, and in spirit, gathering together, uh, united in one message, one Lord, one spirit, one gospel, and one, uh, one, uh, one way for maturity. That's through Christ. Because um, Jesus actually commanded us to make disciples and gather the disciples together, to baptise in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We began our sermon series. I'm going to do a little recap to help us to get to where the topic of today is. 
We began a number of weeks ago, I think six, about six weeks ago, looking at the Great Commission, Matthew 28, where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's a big statement, all authority, bigger than anybody in history and, uh, and around the globe or the universe. All authority is given to Jesus. Therefore, he says, as that person with authority, he says to you and to I, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's where we began our sermon series on growing a healthy church by listening to the words of Jesus. The great authority of all mankind says to us, go and continue to spread the good news that Jesus is king and that he has taken care of everything. So come to him and, and, and enjoy. On your sermon outlines, if you came in today and you received a little uh, folded piece of A4, inside is your sermon outline, and you might notice at the bottom of the sermon outline are four little words. They've been there every week, and they've actually morphed. If you've had a really keen eye, you've seen that the words have changed just a little bit. Uh, and the, the words say, reach, gather, grow, serve. And uh, surely the Great Commission is telling us to reach to reach out into our community, to go and make disciples of all nations. We're going to um, focus on that particular word um, in a week's time. The word gather, we've covered a few sermons under that topic of gather. We said that we will worship the living God with joy. We will worship, we will gather together and we will worship the living God, the true God, and we'll do it with joy because he's a good God. And the more we get to know him, the more we love him. We said that we will learn to be cheerful givers. Because our treasure is not on this earth. Our treasure is in heaven. And so the money in our bank account actually is just a tool. It's not our treasure. It's not our God. It's not, our, it's not what we worship and, and crave for. It's just a part of our inventory. And we will deal with all of our inventory to, uh, to love the Lord our God. We said that we will cultivate Christian community. So as a body of believers, we will actively uh, work, work to loving one another. Uh, love must be sincere. That's what we're going to hear about a little bit later. But uh, we will not just turn up and expect community to happen around me. I will be part of that community. We'll be part of the body of Christ. Um, under the heading of grow, so reach, gather. Under, under the heading of grow, we looked at being uh, growing together in Christ. So coming to Christ is not just a solo act. We do it together. We we understand the gospel for ourselves someone teaches us makes a disciple of us and we participate in making disciples of one another so we want to grow up together in Christ it's like filling a pool you don't just fill the pool up in one corner it's actually impossible you've got to fill the whole pool up uh, level as we as we grow up in Christ and under the, the top the fourth word is serve and that's our topic for today we will serve we will seek to serve the body of Christ as we serve one another. There's a distinction between uh, the cultivating Christian community, that's a sense of belonging and of loving and knowing each other and praying for each other. That's, that's the community that we'll, we'll cultivate. But in that community, we will serve one another. We will help one another. And that's, that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, many hands make light work. That's not a Bible reference. Uh, but it sounds quite biblical. Many hands make light work. And in the case of church, we ought to have many hands and feet and elbows and knees and toes uh, that, that gather together and participate 
in the body of Christ. We're going to learn today that not everyone does the same job and not everyone should do the same job because God has gifted us in different ways. And uh, I hope that by the end of this talk, I'll have given you some insights into how to, how to find out what is it that God has given you, what task has God given you to do in the body of Christ. But we need to begin with grace. We must begin with grace. So as I turn to the scriptures in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 3 to 5, it says, For the, the grace given me, this is uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. We need to begin with grace. You know, as Paul says, he's about to give them some instructions, and he says, what, what is the authority that I have to give you these instructions? My authority is the grace of God that's been shown to me. Uh, as I looked at the scriptures, I saw that Paul does this a number of times. In Romans 12, which we just read, again, he does it in Romans 15, in Ephesians 3 and Galatians 2. He begins to instruct the church, but says it's by the grace of God that I say what I say. Let me just read to you what Paul, how Paul considers his authority in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm reading from uh, verse 9. Um, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that, that was with me. You see that Paul, if you know anything about Paul's life, you know that he began as a, a church persecutor. Those who had, had keen interest in Jesus and were following Jesus, they were known as the way. And Paul, as a young Jewish keen mustard, he would go around and he hated, the, he hated these Jesus followers hated them with a passion. We know that he, he had permission to go and, 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 uh, and, and capture them, for, put them in prison. We know that he watched um, Christians be executed, being stoned to death, just because they put their trust in Jesus. Paul wasn't just a kind of, I uh, sit back and I don't, you know, those Christians are silly people and got on with his life. No, he hated them. He hated the movement. And so that's why you can see that Paul says, I don't even deserve to be given a position where I could be considered an apostle, someone to to lead the church. You know that the story of Paul is that in, in Acts chapter 9, as he's on his way to do more persecuting of the church, he meets the risen Lord Jesus. Jesus appears before him and says, Paul, what are you doing? Uh, I'm paraphrasing. You can look at the passage yourself. But it's as if Jesus says, you think you're on God's side, but you're not. You are, you are hurting me when you hurt the church. Um, and so Paul had a radical conversion. He went from being a Jesus hater to a Jesus lover and, and one of the greatest missionaries this world has known. But Paul, we begin with grace because Paul says, my contribution to the body of Christ is undeserved. I don't even deserve to participate in this body. I am the least. Uh, there's no, there's no re I have got no credibility uh, being in this room, he might say, but for the grace of God. But because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. 
So we need to apply that. Paul's just applied it to himself. I need to, we need to apply that to ourselves now. As we think about how we serve one another in the church, we need to begin with grace, that none of us actually deserve to be here in the body of Christ, being called part of his body, except that Christ has invited us in. It's not by your merits that save you. I, I see a crowd of people here who I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with and I've, over the less than a year I've become very familiar with many of you and I can say that this message needs to be sunk in to some of you that you being involved in the church you, sorry let's not use the word church you being included in the kingdom of God is not dependent on your goodness it's entirely dependent on the goodness of God, of Jesus, and you laying down your weapons and getting on his team and saying, because of God's goodness, because of his righteousness, because of his perfection, he is now the head and I'm part of the body. And that, that gives you union with Christ. So Paul is a great illustration to help us to see that if, if we want to participate in the body of Christ, to be part of the church, to an active part of this church, it's not good enough to just turn up and say, here I am, what, what do I do? We need to begin with grace. I need to ask you to, to begin with, do I know how to receive forgiveness through Christ? Do I know that? And can I just urge you, if you don't think you know or you're not sure, if you're, is there any measure of doubt in you today, then tackle me. Find me after the service and we'll, and we'll talk about it. We'll line up some time to, to get this right because this, there's nothing more important in your world than to know how to be right with God through Jesus. So we need to start with grace. We're in the same position as Paul. The church must not function on goodwill alone, but in response to the grace of God. And friends, when we, when we understand that, it, it makes our church life so, it, it liberates us. Because Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, you, are, you who are burdened and weighed down by the responsibilities of your soul, come to me and I'll give you rest. I'll, 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 I'll invite you in. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Grace means that you are considered a child of God because Jesus has bought you that right. And God will, God, God will and has poured blessings on you only because you have believed in the name of Jesus and received him as your Lord and Saviour. So, I, friends, we're going to move on to point three and four, but point one and two I think are the most important points of this sermon. Uh, that without grace, you, you're going to feel lost here. Uh, you, you're not going to understand what makes, what makes our church move and progress uh, without coming to Christ. Uh, Jesus said, uh, sorry, let me read to you from uh, back in Romans 12, in, in the text again, Romans 12, verses 3 or 5, says, Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have, all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Just, it's great to just soak in that metaphor of the body 
and that we are not just individual people doing individual things under the same roof. We've come together to share and to be part of the one body. If you feel like you don't belong or are not part of the body here, then, then speak to someone about the grace of God. Come and speak to me or someone who you, you, you are very comfortable to speak with. Um, if you feel like you're not, you don't belong in that sort of category, then talk to someone about it. If you truly understand God's grace, if you truly understand God's grace, then I invite you to participate as a member of his body. Do you see the two things? If you, if you know the grace of God, then I ask you to, 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 um, to participate, be part of the body. And as the kids spot memory verse showed us, Mark 10, 45, Mark 10, 45, Jesus came not to be served but to serve and to lay down his life as a ransom for many. Our, our King, our, our, our Lord, our Saviour, the head of the church has demonstrated for us what it looks like to be a member of the church, to lay down. So when the King, uh, when, when thinking of serving one another, we need to start with how Christ has served you and do you know how Christ has served you? Then we need to consider what has God entrusted to you? Not just what has he entrusted to us, although we'll talk about that, but what has he entrusted to you? I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about knowing yourself and knowing your church. And uh, let me read to you, first of all, from verse 6. Romans 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The, the heart of that text there is actually to know what is your gift. And then once you've worked it out, then do it uh, and enjoy it. Uh, don't do it bitterly or don't do it half-heartedly. Do it, do it to the, for the glory of God. Uh, we, we have different gifts. Um, gifts, you might think of, the, of gifts in terms of skills. So uh, you, you see a piano played on the front, you think that person has skill. But I can assure you that piano players don't come out of the womb knowing how to piano play. They've taken time to learn and practice and discover that it's something that they enjoy doing, will pursue, and then they eventually may find themselves playing uh, in the church, as young Tim has been doing this year. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but it's been his first year playing in the band, and he's doing a great job. Uh, skills are just not, not just what you are organically good at. It's what you've grown better in and more equipped in. Could be uh, under gifts is also resources. Um, one of the gifts there is the gift of giving. And friends, if you don't have much to give, then you may, you may be short on that gift, on that uh, spiritual gift at the moment. So resources, do you have a home to, to, to be hospitable in? Do you, uh, do you have um, a car that you can drive people around in? Things like that. So skills, resources, and then there's opportunity. Opportunity for time, opportunity for um, a access to different people. So what are your gifts? I'm trying to say that the spiritual gifts are not just something you, you um, look to heaven and a beam of light comes down and says, blah, there's your spiritual gift. It actually, we all have many gifts. And it can be something like mopping a floor or playing the piano or preaching a sermon. But what is your gift? What is it that God has 
raised you up to, to enjoy and to be good at or to learn to be better at. I want to encourage you to listen to what others say about you. Deliberately ask someone, hey, what do you think is my gift? What do you think that I'm particularly good at? It, you can do this really well in, your, in a growth group um, to, to encourage one another. Uh, it could very well be that you've um, overlooked something that's really obvious. Uh, I, I love it when I hear people encourage me. I straight away, turn, when they do it more than once, uh, I often point out to them that you've got the gift of encouragement and you're very good at it. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm thankful for that. So gifts come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. It might be helpful not just to know yourself, but actually to ask others to, to speak into your life and say, what is it that they see that you're good at? Uh, pray, which also means that you don't, don't see what someone else is good at and think, I just want that. Um, because maybe that's not the thing that, that God is entrusting with you. Pray, f- pray for God to lead you to use your hands for his glory. So once you've once you're understanding what it is that you're particularly drawn to or what you're particularly good at, or what you, uh, then ask God, how can I use that for his glory? Not for mine. Notice in the list here in Romans 12, all, all of these, these things are given for the sake of the body and for the glory of God. And then, and then finally, do it. Uh, evangelise, serve, teach, encourage, give, lead, administer. Uh, as, as in administration. Uh, another passage in the Bible talks about the gift of administration, and I think that's great. If you're a book person, like to keep numbers and things like that, then administration might be your thing, and that's a gift. So listen to others, what they think that you would be good at doing. Pray that God would help you to glorify him in doing it, and then, and then do it, and do it cheerfully. That's about knowing yourself, but secondly, know your church know your church we a series about is about growing a healthy church uh, we have been entrusted that's we now i'm talking collectively we here in in the year 2023 have been entrusted with two things that i, that I, I could consider one is a message we've been entrusted with the message of the gospel the lord jesus christ his kingship and his self his uh, redemption for souls we've been entrusted with that so that as a Growing healthy church, that is our key business, to go and make disciples of all nations. But the second thing we've been entrusted with is property. We've been entrusted with property. I didn't buy it. You didn't buy it. It's here. Uh, I know many of you have been here uh, for, for many years and have seen this place transformed physically from, uh, from, from an old, the, the old church to there's been a couple of stages to get us to this stage. We've been entrusted with a property, and so part of the serving in the body of Christ is to understand that we are the caretakers of this place. And so that, that, uh, that involves a lot of um, what may feel like non-gospelly, centrally things, but we need to be good stewards of the place, and so that's part of, um, of our duty. Entrusted with the message and entrusted with, the, with this property. Uh, being entrusted with the message is that we have the gospel, which we will serve one another by teaching, proclaiming, and learning. There are word ministries. There's things you can be involved in which are what I might call word ministries. Uh, uh, Growth group leading, youth and children ministries, service leading, Bible reading, pastoral care as you meet one-to-one with others, 
um, as a representative of the, ch of the church, and so on. Any time that you're meeting with another person or a group of people and the Bible is open and we're, 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 we're proclaiming Christ amongst each other, uh, there's a word ministry um, that we're involved in. Um, we want to get on board with not just the what of the message, but also the how of our mission. So I trust where we're heading as a church is, is springboarding off the Great Commission that Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And we're going to do that, but we're going to do it collectively. So you're very welcome to go and fulfil the commandment of Jesus on your own. And I'm, I've got no authority over you, what you do. But as we come together as a church, I'd like us to, to work together and work out what are we doing collectively to, to do that better. And I said um, at the very beginning of this whole sermon series that we're better together. It's way easier to fulfil the Great Commission when you do it as a, as a team. Um, one thing I think, uh, a line that I have heard from somebody else um, that has sunk into my head and my heart is just to make Sundays great. One of the key things we do as a church is to gather together on a Sunday. And so what we can do to contribute to the spreading of the gospel is make Sundays great. And I think we're doing, I think we're on the track here. I think I'm enjoying today. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, lots of hands have, have arrived this morning to get things done and, and, and you're seated and you're now listening and um, we're, we're doing this together. But if we just had one task to make Sundays great and not make say, Sundays mediocre or, or a bore or something we had to do. I think we would make a big difference uh, in ourselves and in anyone who, who, who wanders in and, and investigates what this church is on about. I think that would make a great big difference. Um, one of the ways that we're, we're doing that is through the Knowing Christ course and the, sorry, not the Making Sundays Great. One of the ways that we are spreading the gospel is to anchor down two major courses, which is the Knowing Christ course and the Growing in Christ course. Now, I've said it before, we've just done teasers this year, and I'd love to see in 2024 and beyond that we, we actually uh, lean in and, and work out how we can do that as a team, how we can do those courses, not just whether you, whether you know Jesus or, or, or not, and therefore that course is not for you, but actually has God gifted you to join a team who make those courses happen? You don't have to be a teacher of the course, but you could be on board in a team saying, yes, I, I think that's important, that everyone who comes to church here knows who Jesus is in truth and that we are growing, uh, we know how to teach uh, and grow disciples. So that might be something that's sparking an interest in you and you'd like to raise your hand and say, yes, Simon, I'm interested in that. How can I help? Um, we've, we're entrusted with this church and so the resources and the property that are here are important. And last point, so we need to begin, we're, we're, the church is the body of Christ. We need to begin with the grace of God before we start thinking about how we serve one another. We then need to ask ourselves, what has God entrusted to me? What's my, what's my gifting? What's my talent? What's my resources? How, how can I be available for the growth of the kingdom? And lastly, we want to do it as members of one body. Um, let me read to you the words of Romans 12, verse 9 to 13. Paul says, Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, 
Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. There's a whole bunch of things in there. Um, we could preach for a bit, but I want to hone in on this one idea that the church ought is a community. Uh, we're doing it together. And when it says here, don't lack... Uh, never be lacking in zeal or, or spiritual fervour. It's a great way to serve the body of Christ with joy and zeal and fervour as we do it as a team. We do it in teams. Um, I've got a, I wrote a little line here that says, rosters fill holes but teams kick goals. You know, like that? F- rosters fill holes but teams kick goals. There are, there are, we, we have a roster and we, we, you have to have a roster eventually. You have to have to know who's on what uh, at a particular time. So Bible reading, roster, that, that exists there. Uh, but it's, it's so much more exciting when you don't just get your name on a roster, that just fills a hole. There's a need, you fill the hole, that's great. But when you have a team of people who go, that's our, that's our ministry, and we're going to actually have a bit of fellowship around that. So we, have a, we might form a Bible reading uh, team who are, who are just supporting each other, uh, giving each other feedback on how that went, um, I think we have great Bible readers here. I, I'm thoroughly encouraged by that. Instead of a morning tea roster, we, we make it a hospitality team. And I think that it already exists. I'm just um, uh, supporting uh, that, that initiative. Instead of a welcoming roster, we create a welcoming team. And that's actually something we've, we've started this year. Um, we, we're going to keep... Um, fueling that fire a little bit, but instead of a welcoming roster and just looking up and seeing who am I on welcoming this week, yes, I am turning up and doing something at the door, be part of a team who's talking about welcoming, how to make people feel welcome at church. And how can we, as a team, you can discuss how, how can we make this even better? What can we do to sharpen our skills here? Instead of a music roster, uh, we make it a music team, uh, including the band and the tech guys in that. And I could go on and on. Uh, Teams is not a foreign concept to this church, I've noticed, but I just want to, I think that this is the way that we move from just getting stuff done to actually working as a team and knowing what our goal is and growing up and maturing uh, and doing, um, making Sundays great, making every day count for the Lord. If you truly understand the grace of God, then you ought to join in the mission of growing our healthy church. And I thank God for so many people here who have, uh, are, on, are on many ministries. It's not unique to Kingswood. It's, it's strangely um, documented everywhere, every church you go to. The, um, the 80-20 rule, or is it the 20-80 rule? It's the 80-20 rule that 80% of the jobs are done by 20% of the people. Uh, that's not, no criticism here because it's every, every church could hear that message. I think probably psychologically what happens is that there's a great bunch of stuff needs to be doing. 20% of the people um, see a need, they fill the need, and then everyone else goes, oh, that's been done. I don't need to worry about it. And so it kind of is a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if we change our, um, our... If we understand that Christ died for our sins so that we could be a body, and not just a body just because we, we love doing church, but a body who is determined to grow God's kingdom to make disciples of all nations, then we'll see our, our acts of service in the church as part of that big picture. Now, I, I um, considered doing a survey today and asking and handing it out and seeing who, 
who's got uh, skills and where they want to sh share them. Um, I, just, I, I talked myself down from that um, because A, I wasn't sure how I was going to act on those surveys. It would be horrible to send them out and then have them sit in my to-do list for six months uh, and create frustration. Uh, and, and secondly, there are many um, 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 positions in the church that really require a one-to-one -one conversation and whether you, whether you um, ought to be in that ministry or not. But let me just give you a couple um, of, of need, need places. And it's a very short list, so you don't have to write this down. You can put it in your head. Um, one thing that we really could do more of is uh, church cleaners. We could do a lot more. We, we, we don't have the funds to pay for a professional cleaning company, and so we want our, the body of Christ to do some cleaning. Uh, you, you could sit down and do the maths. There's 52 weeks in a year. There's probably more than 52 families in the church, or you could gather and, and find a, a, a two or three friends and say, would you like to do, be on the cleaning roster with me? I reckon if as many people who has, are physically able to do it Put the, signed up today to be on the cleaning roster, you might you might have to clean the church twice in a year. That's that's a that's a big challenge. I'd love to see everyone go. Yep, yeah, I could do that. So you know, uh, if you've got a family enough in your physical family to go well, as a family, we could do that. Then why don't you sign up your family? Uh, if you uh, not, don't have a family that you can go, we, we're strong enough to do that. Why don't you find uh, two other friends and say, what do, what do you reckon? Uh, why don't we put our name down to be on the cleaning roster? If you're in a growth group, maybe you could talk to your growth group and say, why don't we as a group put our name down to be on the roster? It's actually, uh, well, I can't say it's, a, it's not a hard job. I've never actually done it. Um, uh, but but uh, in my head, I'm thinking I'll put my name down on the roster, but I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm not going to say that out loud because that makes it a promise. But why not? Uh, the cleaning roster. I, th I think that is, um, that is a, a small win. The welcoming team, uh, friends, if you, if you love um, saying hello to people and you've got a good smile, you probably, in fact, you, you probably all, you all have good smiles. Uh, you just have to wear them, you know. Uh, then then consider, consider what uh, being on the welcoming team. The screen team uh, needs people. And um, it's, it's not a massive ordeal to, be, to load up some screens during the week and come on Sunday and, and be ready to go. So I would encourage you, it's a very, uh, my experience is that um, getting people on the screen team is very hard because mostly, mostly people think it's high tech, it's very involved, I can't do it. Can I assure you that with training you could, you could get there easily enough. And, uh, and musicians, has anyone got a secret musical talent that they haven't shared yet? We'd love, to, we'd love to speak to you. Friends, let me just recap. There's, there's a church cleaning, welcoming team, the screens team, and music. There's plenty of more. Morning tea people, I'm sure, would need some more help. Um, uh, the op shop uh, is always looking for volunteers. There's plenty of things to do. I'm, I haven't given you an extensive list by far. But uh, when you start asking God, do I, know, do I know the concept of the body of Christ, where Jesus is the head who died for my sins? Do I actually understand grace? Am I a saved person? That's your first question. And being, having been saved, ask yourself, well, what, how have you designed me, God? What's my love? What's my joy? I might ask someone about that, where they think I could serve um, in this church. 
And then having uncovered what God has entrusted to you, then let's, let's do it with joy. Let's serve one another. I thank God for this church. There are many people um, actively serving and, uh, and there, there's, there's no form of rebuke here. Um, but let's keep on doing it. Let's know why we're doing it and, uh, and let's grow this uh, healthy church in love and service of one another. Let me pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you came into the world to save sinners. Lord, that we would not continue to serve ourselves, but that we would take the attitude of Christ on board uh, to join a church and to be committed to serving you and serving alongside one another. I pray, Lord, you'd fill our hearts with joy in uncovering uh, how we can contribute in this great and noble task. There's nothing more important in this world than to grow the kingdom of God. Lord, please help us to find our way into this kingdom through your son and to find our way into uh, active service of one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're going to now hear a short message from our Archbishop, uh, a little Christmas message, and let's, uh, let's hear from him as he gets us in encouraged and enthusiastic for the Christmas season.